Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. This is Father Stanislaw and I'm so glad that you decided to journey with me. And uh, we are in the last week of this liturgical year and we are celebrating the feast of Jesus Christ, the King of the Universe. And um, in, in a way, it is the fulfillment of the promises that we heard in Advent. And uh, let's open our hearts and minds and we place ourselves before the Lord who speaks to us and reveals to us how much he loves us. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of the universe, grant, we pray, that the whole creation, set free from slavery, may render your majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now, one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly. For the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I said to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise today we celebrate the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. This is the last Sunday of this liturgical year. I've been telling you that we were getting closer and closer to the end. Ta-da, we made it. So this is the last Sunday. Uh, tomorrow will be the, the beginning of the last week. And you know what that means, right? That next Sunday is the first of Advent, yes. So we start a whole new cycle, a whole new adventure with Jesus. And as we celebrate this feast, we are invited to look at Jesus as the fulfillment of the plan that God has for all of us, which includes also the fulfillment of our soul. The desires of our souls can be indeed fulfilled, meaning filled up in Him. And therefore, that's why we rejoice. That's why we make a big deal out of it, not only because we made it into a whole new cycle, 
but because indeed we have an opportunity to look at our hope being fulfilled. We already prepared to the celebration last Sunday. You remember when the topic of the end of the world started become part of our meditation. And we said that when we look at the end of the world, we have to understand that this world has an end, has a goal that needs to be fulfilled. And when that is fulfilled, everything will be recapitulated into Christ. But in order for us to celebrate properly this feast, and in order for us to celebrate indeed the event when he will come to judge the living and the dead, we have to prepare. And we prepare ourselves to make sure that we become aware of the, quote unquote, alternative worlds, the alternative universes that we create in our minds. Uh, anything that will make it make difficult for us to encounter God here and now. This, this moment, this place is where God is telling us, may I be the king of your universe. This feast also helps us to understand that while Jesus is the king of the whole universe, when we see things from Jesus' point of view, he's celebrating us as his universe. As he is our everything, Jesus is telling us, you are my world, you are my everything. Would you let me be everything for you? So do you understand how this holiday is inviting us to enter into this deeper union with God, which will be eventually uh, fulfilled and completed on the other side of creation. But it can already start here. We don't have to wait for the kingdom to come. Jesus already said the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is in you. So we can already experience Jesus being the king of the universe, of our universe, already here and now. Isn't that good news? We don't have to wait. But there will be whatever, when he will come to judge the living and the dead, oof, there will be a mighty event, and we don't know what it is, so it will be a major surprise for all of us. So how can we enter into this uh, holiday? Well. First of all, we see that there are some images that need to be probably some, um, we ought to explain them a little bit so that we can uh, enter into this, the meaning of the, the, the liturgy of the word. First of all, we, we see that on the feast of Jesus Christ, the king of the universe, we have these images that seems to be going against the holiday. First of all, in the first reading, we understand the major figure in that reading is that of a shepherd. What does anything to do with kings? Well, it has a lot to do with kings because in ancient Israel, the kings were picked among the category of shepherds. Why? Because shepherds were people who were, they had to be very patient. Apparently sheep are not very collaborative. You have to tell them where to go. And uh, they were very tender, but also they were always willing to do whatever it takes so that the flock had whatever they needed to survive, but also they have to be protected. And therefore, the shepherd had to fight wolves, bears, whatever it was there that would attack the flock. Among the shepherds, God always picked the kings, the leaders, 
It will make me wonder what would happen in our society if all the politicians would be taken by that category again. It's all right. It's okay. So now we also uh, they have to understand that there is another thing. There is an in interesting and intimate connection between king and kingdom. It goes that as the king does, so does the kingdom. Why? It means that if the king was in a good mood, the whole kingdom was in a good mood. And it didn't really matter if you were going through something really tragic, you had to be in a good mood. On the other hand, if the, God was, if the king was in a bad mood, were you allowed to rejoice? Were you allowed to celebrate something? No, you were not. So there is this interesting unity between the king and the kingdom. But, for example, imagine the king would change allegiance or would change religion. Ta-da! You would find yourself overnight worshipping a different god or be part of a different religion or a different alliance. It was very much different, okay? But, now, in antiquity, the power of the king, the king over the kingdom was forced. You had absolutely nothing to say. Uh, you have no saying whatsoever. There was no such a concept as sex, taxation without representation. You just had to pay the taxes and do what the king said. In the kingdom of God, it doesn't work this way. The link between the king and the kingdom and the members of the kingdom is voluntary. We decide to be part of the kingdom of God. We decide to enter into this relationship. And therefore, the values of the king still become the values of the kingdom because we take them by choice. And because the king is a king of love, what we value as kingdom is what? Love. Because he paid the price to establish this kingdom with love, what is the currency of the kingdom? Love. It's always the same answer. So if you don't know, say love. You win. Okay. If, so what is valuable for the king is valuable for the members of the kingdom, which is love. And only love is the only thing that passes from this side of creation to the other side of creation. All the other things are left behind. But love that we have for our neighbors, for the poor, for people in need, love that we have for God, that is now intimately connected with the love of neighbor, is the only thing that passes. And that's why we consider love the greatest gift. Are you with me? Now we see what it means to enter into the kingdom of God. And we understand that this membership into the kingdom of God happens by transference. We are transferred out of love into the kingdom of love. And we remain there in love and because we love. Strangely enough, we see all these things in the gospel passage. Now, on the, on the feast of Jesus Christ, the king of the universe, you would think that we would get a passage that probably talks about the end of the world as Jesus ruling over everything. Instead, we get the story of the crucifixion. Why? Because it is exactly here that we understand who the king is and how the kingdom works. 
First of all, we see that Jesus is already uh, on the cross. I hope I'm not spoiling the movie. You probably saw the story, right? He's on the cross, and there is a sign on top of his head that says, this is the king of the Jews. Now, there are four major voices that happen around, that speak around Jesus. First of all, the rulers, the religious leaders. And they say, well, if you're the, the Messiah, the Messiah who is the anointed of God, who is the consecrator of God, cannot be someone who loses. And therefore, show us your power. Act according to our preconceived notion. We want you to be the kind of Messiah that we expect you to be. And Jesus is silent. The soldiers, people who think that politics will make it different, you know, it makes a difference, say the same thing. If you are the Messiah God, you have to be the powerful one and therefore exercise your power. Act according to our expectations. And Jesus is silent. Next to him, we have many criminals, and one of the two, one of the many, says to Jesus, Jesus, why don't you try to be the Messiah that you are supposed to be? The Messiah is supposed to save us. Don't you see? I am in pain. I'm on the cross. I'm suffering. Why don't you take us, get off that cross, and take us all with you? That voice sounds very much like ours when we say, where is God when we suffer? Why hasn't God done anything to change this situation? But Jesus doesn't respond to that either. And on the other hand, on the other side, we hear someone else saying to the first one, to the other one, say, why don't you stop talking? Life is more complicated than that. It's more complex. We are here because we have done something. But this guy is innocent. How did he know? Was he this criminal following Jesus? Did he get the newsletter? I don't know how it goes. But he knows that Jesus is innocent. But all of a sudden, he says something that changes the whole thing. And as I was preparing for this liturgy, I was really moved by these words, by this exchange of words. Because I noticed something that I never noticed before. The criminal looks now at Jesus and says to him, Jesus, remember me when you are in your kingdom. He acknowledges that Jesus is king, that there is a kingdom. He knows that this life is not all there is, that something is on the other side. And he's inviting Jesus to do what we all somehow long to experience, to be remembered, to be part. He's telling Jesus, can you make room in your memory for me so that I can live forever? Would you let me impact your life? We know that when we remember something, our life changes. Could be good memories. There are memories that, I don't know, probably happens to you too. Sometimes I just smile because I'm remembering something funny, something beautiful about something that happened in the past. 
But we also know, right, when we remember bad memories, that we can experience them again. This guy is telling Jesus, may I still be part of you when you are on the other side? Jesus answers to dead men. Not to the other ones, but to dead men. Why? Because this man longed to be in a relationship with him. A relationship that was intimate, personal, and eternal. Jesus answers and says, you want me to remember you? I'll give you something more. You will be with me in paradise. And this is the fulfillment of all that we desire. To understand that Jesus is telling us, you are with me in paradise. In the kingdom where we experience the forgiveness of sins. In the kingdom where we will be able to live truly and fully as ourselves. And it begins when we ask Jesus, I'm willing, can we make this happen? And Jesus says, it's not just a memory. You will be there. I will be with you. This feast completes what Advent starts. You remember, and if you don't remember, come back next Sunday because we're going to start all over again. In Advent, we look at Jesus and we call him Emmanuel, God with us. Now we hear the pronouns changed. And while during Advent we place God in front of us, who is coming, he is becoming with us on this feast day, we hear him saying, you are my Advent. You are with me. As we on this side of creation place God first, he places us first. We are his Advent. We are his paradise, just as he is ours. Do you understand the God that we worship? The God who loves us so incredibly, so there are no words. And he's telling us there will be something that you have no idea what it will be. But no matter what, you will be with me. And you and Jesus united is paradise. As we continue to pray, we want to Thank the Lord that is revealing himself to us as someone who is really committed to be with us as we are looking for new ways to be with them. And we want to bring to the altar today our commitment to remain in that remember me, to make that our prayer so that we would find always ways to be reminded that Jesus is inviting us to be with him forever in a paradise that we can already experience when we love each other, so that his presence may be established forever in our midst. And with a heart renewed, with a heart brought to new life, we continue to pray and we commit ourselves again to say yes to the Lord and to experience his presence here and now in the universe that he saved and redeemed for us. And I hope you felt inspired by the gospel to contemplate the mystery of the kinship of Jesus 
and make that action, that commitment, that choice that will allow him to transfer you into his kingdom. And I pray that as you close this year, you have an opportunity to take some time to make an evaluation, make an assessment um, of how this year has been for you and certainly prepare yourself to start a whole new journey with Christ as we begin next week, the season of Advent. I wish you well. I continue to pray for you and I ask that you continue to pray for me. God bless and I'll talk to you next week.